Ah, TGIF. Time to get pumped for some geocaching. Thanks for tuning in. This month's episode is brought to you by the GIF event. Alright, so the GIF event is another type that's not really its own geocache listing type, but it is an event cache and they only occur once a year in November during the Geocaching International Film Festival Week. And you guessed it, that's this month. Look at the geocaching map and find a GIF event near you. But more on that later. This is TGIF Geocaching Radio, a podcast with a monthly dose of geocaching news and adventure, contests and hot topics, and highlighting the many experiences that may await you. And I am Jeff, a.k.a. The Bruce Zero, so stay tuned and let's hang out. Y'all, it is the first episode of the second year of TGIF. This is episode 13, and it's only one show a month, but uh, it's still a lot of work putting these together, and I hope you are enjoying the show. Um, I've kind of moved into podcasts from videos, even though I still have a lot of videos to create in the queue. So uh, so still t- stay tuned on YouTube because there are more coming uh, once life settles back down down there's just so much going on so thanks again for all of your feedback and for tuning in and listening uh there is a little bit of news now youtube has an audio podcast section so you can find tgif amongst a whole bunch of other uh geocaching podcasts on youtube and you can listen to it in the youtube music app uh, and it'll play play it back just like other podcasts which is pretty cool for free um a little bit more update on the GeoCoin progress. So Project EGA is underway and the coins are currently being minted. My estimate was, uh, to- I was told, end of October for um, for shipping. So I don't know. I'm assuming that that means when they're going to ship. And uh, so that date is coming. And uh, so the project is on its way. And I've just also sent off all of the the uh, path tags, the various cores, they are also sent for minting. So I'm thinking, hopefully, they will probably all arrive on my doorstep before Christmas. So hopefully, we'll be able to get uh, moving on that project. Um, I've still got a number of things to do. Uh, and if you haven't checked out the project, you can find it at cashtheline.net slash artifact. I'm putting all of the updates to the project there. And so you can follow along. And if you're interested and curious, you could also still order from there. I'm really excited about what's coming down the pipeline for that project. Oh, time just can't move fast enough. <laughs> anyway, we're moving into November, and so that means it is GIF Month, Geocaching International Film Festival, and this is the 10th year, the 10-year anniversary of Geocaching International Film Festivals, and it's GIF, not GIF. <laughs> I just have to say that. Uh, so I'm also prepping for a local GIF event. I'm hosting another one. Again, finally back in the theater. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to get everybody into the theater to watch on a big screen and cinema quality. And uh, so it's a lot of work setting that up, getting the rental, and then designing content, having a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's a great opportunity to uh, to join the community all together, to meet new people, introduce new people to geocaching as well. So if you aren't hosting then make sure you find a local GIF event near you 
and post your will attend. Let the host know that you're going to be coming and, you know, enjoy the community, enjoy the people, get chatting, start that geo chat and, uh, and watch the films because there are some really creative people uh, making these little short films generally under five minutes and uh, they could be entertaining, they could be informational documentary, but most of them are just fun. <laughs> it's a great family event, so look for one and make sure you get to one. That will be during GIF week, which is November 9th to 19th. All right, so coming up in this episode, we've got news from HQ, a review of the Geocacher's Creed, some adventure highlights like a look at what's called a Via Ferrata, uh, some real-life portals, fun geocaching stories, and best of all, a wonderful interview with the illustrious traveling caching lackey, Mia Wallace, or Annie Love, or call her what you will, she's used to it, and she'll be sharing about her experiences at HQ and around the world. But first, let's dive in to review what's happened this month officially in geocaching from HQ. Alright, so first off, we have news from HQ that they posted mid-October, a new blog post where they are asking for ideas from us, from the community, about how to celebrate 25 years of geocaching in 2025. It's less than two years away, and uh, unfortunately, they say that we won't be having a large special event at HQ in Seattle but uh, they would still like to somehow celebrate 25 years. So they're looking for ideas. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes to get to the blog post so you can post your comments or you can communicate in some way with HQ, maybe through lackeys. But uh, it is too bad that there's not going to be a massive exodus of geocachers from around the world uh, visiting HQ in 2025. But, you know, they probably need a breather. <laughs> but uh, definitely looking forward to 25 years of geocaching uh, another major milestone to look forward to in 2025. Next up, we have an update to the Adventure Lab app. Uh, on October 19th, they pushed out an update where they're providing a little more statistical analysis of Adventure Labs that you have already found or partially completed. You can now see the number of completed adventures, number of adventures in progress, that's with one at least one location complete, uh, the number of active adventures that you own yourself, your total find count across all of geocaching, which includes Adventure Lab locations, uh, and then you've got your list of themes for which you have completed any adventures and list of themes that you've not completed any adventures. So again, those can be found by visiting the profile option in the app and then tapping the statistics line. And there you'll see your count of completed adventures, in-progress adventures, and the ones that you've created, plus your find count. And then the breakdown by theme. Themes are kind of like attributes on caches, so uh, you might see all these numbers of all these different themes. That's not individual adventures that you've completed or locations. Uh, because adventures can have multiple themes applied to them. So that's just a number of uh, how many theme tags, I guess, you've collected across all of the adventures that you have either completed or begun. And uh, looking at it for me, I've got under completed. My highest, most completed theme or most collected theme is apparently history. <laughs> and then walking tour is second. Uh, and then, yeah, scrolling all the way down to sports. I only have one sports theme. Hmm. Anyway, that's something that you can now peruse in the latest version of the Adventures app, so make sure it's updated. And finally, let's take a look at all of the major events that are happening around the world. 
There's nothing in North America, and <laughs> there are no mega events in November. But there are two mega events happening in Germany in November, and both of them are mega GIF events. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pronounce the names and butcher them, but, uh, well, I guess Germany knows how to geocache. <laughs> ever heard of the geocacher's creed it has been a long time since this thing has been created it was it was made and written in the early days of geocaching way back in 2005 uh, it's a bunch of community ethics and guidelines for cachers to abide by in the hobby uh, safe legal and ethical um, they're not quite the same as the guidelines on the website these are you know, kind of self-explanatory and uh, just natural common sense type things to consider when we're out there finding caches out in nature. But, you know, sometimes people need to be reminded. <laughs> there are seven points to remember. Now, you can find this list uh, at geocreed.info. The link will be in the show notes. But these seven points to remember when placing or seeking geocaches say, I will, number one, not endanger myself or others. Number two, observe all laws and rules of the area. Number three, respect property rights and seek permission where appropriate. Number four, ca avoid causing disruptions or public alarm. Number five, minimize my and others' impact on the environment. Number six, be considerate of others. And number seven, protect the integrity of the game pieces. Now, the, uh, the website also lists a number of examples. So let's uh, check out a few of these. So not endanger myself or others. When creating a cache, describe any hidden dangers and if possible, arrange the hunt to minimize these dangers. When seeking a cache, know your limitations and be aware of your surroundings. Don't attempt anything beyond your abilities. A cache you own or one you're trading out of could be found by children or even a prisoner work crew. <laughs> Consider the location of the cache and those likely to find it when deciding what to leave as a trade item. Of course, observe all laws and rules of the area, so don't break the law or encourage others to do so when placing or seeking a cache. And don't leave illegal items in a cache. There's a whole bunch of examples for the other ones, but uh, I want to take a look at Be Considerate of Others because... You know, the, the hobby has evolved over the years and our community is so huge now worldwide, relatively speaking. So I think there's some good tips in here. Some examples are treat other geocachers civilly in the field, in the forums, or wherever your paths may cross. Don't spoil the hunt for others. Allow them to experience the cache as its owner intended. Promptly alert the owner of any issues with their cache. Make minor repairs if you can. It'll save the owner a trip. Cash owners appreciate feedback. Write an online log. Send an email or otherwise let the owner know about your experience with their cash. I mean, that's these days it's all about the online log. Uh, only place caches you can maintain and respond promptly to problem reports. If you exchange trade items, trade kindly. Consider what future finders would like and leave something equal to or better than what you take. Uh, if you place a traveling item into the game, attach a tag that describes its goal so that others can help it along. If you pick up a traveling item with a tag describing its goal, move the item toward its goal if possible. Contact the owner if you have a traveling item for more than a couple of weeks or so. You know, a lot of these are just, you know, general nice etiquette that will help uh, your community, well, I guess like each other more. <laughs> it's like do unto others. There's a whole lot of good tips in here. Uh, obviously not required, but 
you know, sometimes people need to be reminded that you're not alone playing this game. There are other people. And so this, this creed is, it's always good to come back to this every so often and just remind yourself how, how to play as a good sport in this hobby, thinking of others above yourself. So be sure to check that out if you haven't already at geocreed.info. The link is in the show notes. So I came across this really cool looking cache. Uh, it's in Scotland. I can't remember where I saw it, but I think somebody posted photos on uh, Facebook. But uh, it's called The Chainwalk Returns Again. <laughs> it is GC1HE5M. And uh, this is a chainwalk, or what we would otherwise call a, a via ferrata. And uh, it's along a cliffside along the shore of uh, where is that in Scotland? It just looks absolutely fantastic. It's it's north of Edinburgh, and uh, so there's a whole bunch of photos on there. But it's what we call a via ferrata, or that otherwise translated means iron path. It's like uh, a, an experience where you might need equipment, but you're basically walking along rungs and holding on to chains that are attached to uh, rocky roots and pathways through foothills and mountains and cliff sides. And that you can find these worldwide. This particular one is two difficulty, four and a half terrain. And I feel like I should have added this to my itinerary when I was visiting the UK a couple years ago. I have yet to do a chain walk. And this, oh man, I'm looking at the photos and it just looks fantastic. Uh, but I found another bookmark list of other Via Ferrata caches located across Europe. And that's BM4J9G8. Again, the link is in the show notes. Uh, and I also found one in Alberta, in Canada, called Mount Stelfox uh, via Ferrata, and it's GC6E3HW. It is literally climbing up a mountain face on these iron uh, rungs. And it's just, oh man, and that one is a five difficulty, five terrain. It is equipment required. Uh, the description and the owner says it's three to four hours round trip and it's a 180 meter climb. Wow. If you really want to feel your palms moisten, I'll put a link to an article in the show notes that shows a number of the most famous Via Ferratas around the world. And <laughs> you can watch one of the videos from China and oh my word. <laughs> but there are some that have geocaches on or around them. So something to look for if you like that kind of extreme adventure. Apparently the geocache that was at the 5.5 on Mount Stelfox it used to be at a spot where you had to disconnect yourself from the cable and take a few steps off of the intended trail on the mountainside in order to find and sign the cache. <laughs> there was a recent maintenance log from the owner saying that he's now made it so that it's within reach and you don't have to disconnect yourself. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's just another example of a type of geocaching adventure that... Yeah, not everybody can do or will even want to do, but sometimes it's just fun to live vicariously through those who do. Alright, I'm excited to be able to bring you a most excellent interview with a well-known HQ lackey, known 
well, all over the world as she travels and caches in her famous flip-flops. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy as we hear about her life at HQ and her traveling adventures. All right, well, thank you for joining us. It is Mia Wallace, or Annie Love. What, <laughs> which is your name, and what's what's uh, the story behind your name? Um, yeah, so my real name's Annie Love. Um, Mia Wallace is just uh, a character from the movie Pulp Fiction, which is one of my favorite movies. So <laughs> I've kind of used that as an online persona name here mm. and there. So I even have the geocaching account um, <laughs> under that, which is not active, but it's... Oh. Sometimes one of my test accounts, if if needed, because <laughs> love is such a, a unique last name that it seems like any it love is. might be your alias. <laughs> yeah, most people think that Annie Love is the fake name and not yeah. the real name <laughs> for that reason. Because well, uh, yeah, you work at HQ. So what is it that you do, and how long have you been geocaching? A little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, no, I'm on our business business development team at HQ. I've been there for closing in on 17 years. So it's a kind of like working there. Um, that's just, uh, I actually still pinch myself that I get to work there. <laughs> and uh, I was a geocacher beforehand. I've been caching since 2004. And so yeah, at the company since 2007. And I always like to joke that I begged for my job there. And um, luckily begging twice got me got me in the door. So did you live yeah. nearby? Or did you move? How far did you move yeah. to get to work there? Yeah, no, I, uh, when I realized the company was in Seattle, um, I think I was ordering some geocaching merchandise from what was at the time shop Groundspeak um, for my dad for a birthday or Christmas or something. And I was like, oh, their address is Seattle. So um, that just kind of made me go, hey, I wonder if they have jobs. And I, I looked on their website and it was all development related jobs. And I had no idea even what C++ meant at the time. So I was like, that's not really for me, but uh, I know I am good with the community and, and customer service type stuff. And so I, I just said, Hey, I'd love to work there. And here's, you know, here's my resume. If that works for anything, let me know. Um, didn't hear anything back. And then six months later, I, I sent him a letter saying I'm still interested. And I heard from Brian, who is, uh, uh one of the founders of the company really? later that day and yeah. came in for an interview and then had a job. So awesome. I basically started as our very first front desk person so um greeting geocachers the back then it was only every friday at 2 p.m would um we would have visitors in the office and uh yeah and just kind of answering community emails phone calls things like that yeah. really like learning all the the aspects of the game i had no clue existed so um and, just and and now whenever the office is open, it's just nonstop flow of people wanting to see the office, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, we have visitors from all over the world, um, pretty much every day of the week. Uh, it's uh, sometimes you'll you'll walk through the lobby and there's 20 geocachers there at a time, and <laughs> and it's just so fun to see where people come in and you know they're taking their pictures and just like enjoying being there as much as I am. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and now what's your title aside from lackey? Uh, so I'm senior manager of business development. So um, I manage our business development team. And so we work with a variety of partners. Um, so this, these are the folks that, um, you know, bring you trackable promotions or geo tours, um, the, the partner adventures. Um, I particularly work with our API partners and trackable partners. So if you use any API partner tools like um, 
like Cashly, Project GC, GSAC. Mm -hmm. I work with those those partners. Um, and then anyone who's ever created a GeoCoin, <laughs> yeah. I've probably worked with them as well. Mm -hmm. um, so just uh, whether it's just approving orders or answering questions about um, how, you know, creating trackables works and, and mm -hmm. working with the tracking codes. So um, yeah, done a variety of things, um, worn many hats at the company over the years. So I, I, I've been our staff photographer taking pictures for shop geocaching, or um, I also manage our logo licensing program. So if you wanna use the, you know, signal the frog on, on a t-shirt that you sell, then you would be talking to me uh, to, to get a license agreement for that. So yeah. Oh, that's um, and and one of those yeah. hats, one of yep. those hats that you wear at HQ clearly is traveler and geocacher because I don't know <laughs> I, what, how many social medias you're on, but on Facebook, yeah. at least you're always posting these photos yeah. from places all over the world, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it might come as a surprise. Uh, that's not all for work. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's mostly uh, for fun um, as much as geocaching is my passion. So is travel and it's a wonderful two hobbies to, to put together. Mm -hmm. So I do travel for the company probably one or two times a year. Um, you know, we like to get out and go uh, represent the company at mega events, um, but then I'll end up at several other mega events just because it's my passion too. Um, so, but yeah, there's hardly ever a trip where geocaching is not part of it for me um, or a driving factor as to where I go and, and what mountain I'm climbing or <laughs> what old cat I'm gonna find or whatever, just getting a new county. Um, it's all the things. Mm -hmm. So um, I've certainly taken advantage over the years whenever work has sent me, um, you know, to represent at a mega event, I'll always try to pack um, a week, two weeks, three weeks onto that vacation wise and um, just go visit new countries and hang out with geocaching friends from all over the world and just, you know, have a blast seeing what, what the world can provide for us. So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's, uh, I don't know, probably at least nine out of 10 geocachers would probably consider your job a dream job. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, most of my job is sitting at a computer answering emails or, um, you know, coming up with like new ideas uh, for business development with our team. And, you know, so it's, uh, that in itself is a really fun job to have. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of like sitting at a computer. Um, and so, I, I, I sometimes wish that there could just be a role where I could just be out geocaching and, and you know, constantly going to every event imaginable. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's there's some give and some take and there's also a lot of fun to come from um, being able to come up with ideas and, and have some influence on how the game um, grows over time or seeing trends in the game and, and saying, hey, cool, geocachers out there are doing this can I find an API partner that can help, you know, bring that, make that tool easier or something like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's really fun to be part of that side of the game and not just playing it. And, you know, is there a recent idea that, uh, that you've really liked that's been implemented? Um, gosh, that's a, that's a loaded question. There's so much, you know, <laughs> what, what can um, I say? What can't I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I would say some of the stuff, you know, just, I, um, using, using some of our partner applications, I'll use Cashly quite a bit, um, because it's just, it's, uh, there's some things on there that, um, that, that partner has implemented that kind of have helped me, you know, they've certainly helped me find a first to find that was available, you know, um, 
And so there's little things like that um, that you can kind of get gain some inspiration from. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that the company always, you know, looks for things that way. It's just more of, um, you know, what what is the community doing and how can we make the tools better for the community? So if, if we see trends of, of what people are doing, like cool well maybe make that easier um mm -hmm. for them to do it you know yeah. so yeah because yeah, you've got to be inundated endlessly with uh, ideas from people oh can you do this i want to do that and like yeah yeah <laughs> every time i go to a actually representing with my my lackey shirt on it it's uh hey you know what you ought to do <laughs> and, and there's some fantastic ideas and yeah. um you know i I, I've, I've gone to a lot of GeoCoin Fest megas over the years since I work with the trackable program and it's, it's, Hey, it would be cool if they could do this or you can do that. And I'm like, you know, those are, those are definitely things that I've been like, Oh yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to see that happen. But um, when you look at the very long list that we have <laughs> to work on and to ways to improve, you know, it's, um, it's just, it's just everything. There's so much, um, and we're still a small company, you know, mm. we've grown quite a bit since I started, but we're still very small. And so it's, you kind of have to be picky and choosy. And um, I'm kind of glad that that's not my department mm. <laughs> the, mm. to decide what, what we, we focus on at the company. <laughs> I can, you know, certainly say, Hey, I'd love, love to see, you know, this happen, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard task for our product team to decide like cool <laughs> this is going next on the roadmap so yeah. i don't um, envy yeah. that i know in one of my past <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in one of my past jobs we had to do the same sort of thing we had the the programmers and the developers yeah. and then we had the bosses and the president and yeah. there were the project managers in between who mm -hmm. had to translate between the two yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much stuff to get done yeah but, well um, and, and just in my own role with api partners there's they have a long list of asks mm -hmm. and so it's mm -hmm. uh you know, I have a, a team that I work with in the office where we we kind of talk about the requests that come in and and say, yeah, you know, this is something that we might not get to as a company someday. So we'd love to see what our API partners can do with it or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we can't say yes to all those asks, but we can certainly mm -hmm. consider what what our development team is able to do and um, run with what we can so yeah. yeah well and that's that's the other thing as well it's like project gc has been around for a while and they've implemented um, a whole lot of things just you know on a yep. whim that a lot of people yep. use oh yeah, so sure, you know sure. you're faced with the question should can we or should we develop something similar officially yeah. on on our website or just let them handle it and things like that like yeah. you can imagine those are the kind of questions you've got to deal with all the time oh for sure for sure and you know the the folks that are using project gc those are going to be the hardcore folks you know mm -hmm. like <laughs> probably yourself or me and you know so the the brand new person to the game isn't gonna know what that tool can do for them you know once they get obsessed then they'll mm. learn you know but so as a company we always have to think about like cool what's what's gonna be the greater good for everyone you know if they're brand new to the game or not so mm -hmm. i know that definitely plays some influence um, mm -hmm. in what we do yep well so, i also want to yeah. interject quickly because yes. when this episode airs i think it's maybe about a week or so since happy birthday oh <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> yeah. it was your birthday did yep. you celebrate um, by going geocaching uh on my birthday no i was traveling back home to see oh. my family <laughs> so um but i did i did go out and um i found a really cool cache that was favorite point worthy um on saturday so it was kind of birthday weekend um i had uh you, you you know, I like travel, you know, I like adventures, whatever. So 
Um, I, my cousin and I often go hiking in North Idaho whenever I, I go home to visit. And uh, so we're like, great, let's go do this hike. And happened to notice that the hike was up to a mountain lake that you could also drive up to. So um, I told my parents like, hey, if you want to drive up and meet us up there, that'd be cool. We can maybe do some fishing in the lake because um, I guess my grandpa used to fish there a lot mm -hmm. back in the day. And um, so anyway, then it was like, well, why don't you bring the kayaks if you can just drive up? And so, um, you know, they brought the kayaks up. I went, did some fly fishing on the lake. And then I, I noticed that there was a, a geocache not too far uh, away and I was like, oh, I want to make sure I go find this. And man, the the view on the way to the geocache was absolutely stunning. And oh, yeah. um, I think it was kind of an older cache, ammo can. So just, just what you love to find. And um, everything was in great shape. And, um, you know, it was just those, those moments where you're just kind of in a special outing and you get this incredible view that you didn't know you were going to get and everything. Mm -hmm. So just the all the pieces put together i was like yep favorite point <laughs> so yeah that was fun so are there any uh big trips that have really stood out any uh memorable experiences during your geocaching travels your significant yeah, excellent yeah. geocaching adventures <laughs> yeah yeah there's um, quite a few of those um some you know quick highlights uh i come to mind um i did my very first tree climb for a cat 15 meters up in a tree so mm -hmm. Um, uh, awesome. that, that was really cool. It was just doing the, the pressing up with the rope and, um, oh, you know, equipment I, required tree climb, <laughs> equipment required tree climb. That's not, a whole not other just, level. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so, um, that was down in Australia. I went down to yeah. Australia for, uh, a mega event down there, had a blast with the community. Um, we did some, some really fun, like night caching for a puzzle cache oh, that was just insane. And, yes. you know, it was four by four driving up a mountain in the middle of the night. Oh, in Australia. That's... And that's cool in Australia? Experience. Yeah, that was in Australia. <sighs> and... You're going to have to send me the GC code for that. I'll have to add it to the bucket oh, yeah. list. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was it was super cool. Um, it was I think it was like a five stage um, and each stage had a field puzzle. And it, it definitely the, the road was definitely a, a four by four high clearance um, nice. road to get there. And very muddy and, and just like, I was like, Hey, you know what, if this is when I go, this is kind of a cool place to do it. <laughs> you know, so there's some kind of scary parts of the road, but, um, yeah. And, and I think it was the next day, uh, one of the local cashers had organized for folks to come do a tree climb up for this, uh, cache that was up in the tree and it was an ammo can. Uh, I think it was painted blue way up in, in this tree. And Camouflage, it, so you look up against the sky and you can't see the container? I know, yeah. Yeah, because it was, here's a, I forget the kind of tree, but just kind of a nice greenish tree and then blue sky up and you're like, oh, kind of squinting to see the cache up way up there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a super cool experience because it was something I've always wanted to do. Um, I've certainly like hand climbed a tree that was like 10 feet off the ground or whatever but yeah nothing nothing quite like 15 meters up a tree and mm. just super fun experience so that would be you know one of the memorable ones um another one i like i said i combine travel my personal travel with a work trip so um i was going to um represent the company at uh the geocoin fest in manchester uk and oh, yes. um so that was going to be a cool event and I combined that with going to walk the Camino de Santiago. And uh, so I, I spent um, 10 days walking 150 miles on the Camino. And um, the 
the funny, not funny side of that experience was that when I was flying from Madrid up to, um, up to, uh, Manchester, my bag didn't make it. And <laughs> I had been forced when I was leaving Santiago to check the bag cause they don't allow, um, they don't allow hiking poles, <laughs> mm. um, be carried on board. And I knew I had a tight connection. Um, and I was like, this is, I just don't feel good about this, you know? And, and I, and I couldn't part with the poles cause I was just like, you know, they were my poles on the Camino. They're yeah. special to me, whatever. Um, so I was like, fine, I'll check the bag. Sure enough, I get to Manchester. My bag's not there. It's like, you know, 5 PM, um, going into a weekend and I had only like the clothes I was wearing, which was like a skirt and flip flops and <laughs> uh, <laughs> flip Annie, Annie attire. Um, <laughs> I was going to be going up to Scotland the next day with a group of geocaching friends. It was all prearranged that we would drive five hours each way up to Scotland to go get uh, Scotland's oldest, which is um, uh, super cool experience. Yes. I think you've been there. <laughs> I, think that, I think that was, was that GCF zero? I think if something I like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I'll have to look that one up again. Um, fantastic cash. And uh, anyway, I, with knowing that I had no, none of my clothes, which was hiking gear <laughs> in, uh, for the casino, <laughs> I didn't have any of that stuff. And so I, I took a taxi straight from the Manchester airport. I said, is there a mall anywhere near like where I'm, my hotel is? And they're like, yeah, there, there's this mall. I was like, great, take me there. I went to the mall. The mall was only going to be open for like an hour. Um, I found a rain jacket, some sneakers, not hiking <laughs> shoes, sneakers. Uh, you need the rain some, jacket in Scotland yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely needed it. Um, and yeah, just all new like workout wear, even though that's what I had been wearing for mm. the, the two weeks prior. Um, so got all that stuff frantically um, before the shops closed. And yeah, the next morning, I think we left at like 4 a.m. in the dark, pouring rain, mm. <laughs> drove the five hours, hiked up, uh, you know, that treacherous mountainside <laughs> <laughs> in clothes that I was not prepared to wear, but that, you know, they worked and had a really really fun day you know it was just a it was a group of friends that i met through the game um you know from germany from belgium from the us and um we just had a blast and it was it was just such a fun experience and i think those are the you know climbing a tree in australia and walking in the rain with brand new clothes and <laughs> shoes that i probably shouldn't have been walking in um you know it's it's those experiences just kind of stand out to me over time like yeah. what this game can do for you and where it can take you and the, the, the fun you might have with sometimes random strangers and sometimes your new best friends, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Do you feel like you have more fun uh, finding caches while you're traveling or do you just still enjoy just as much finding caches around home? Yeah. A little bit of both, you know, cause I, I, I'll still find caches that'll take me to like a really cool mural in Seattle or, you know, hidden park that I didn't know. And just like kind of in awe of like, oh, hey, I've been here this long and I haven't known this existed. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I travel and geocaching is really just my, you know, two of my favorite things put together. And um, I I don't really buy travel books anymore. I, <laughs> I look at the geocaching website and, That's you right. know, I'll, I'll look at high favorite point caches and then I'll look at the pictures to see why they're high favorite point caches. You know, I um, um, I want to see the 
cool hidden waterfall. I want to see the the amazing view. Um, I want to get off the beaten path um, as much as I can. And, you know, but I also want to find, you know, the, the virtual at a famous fountain or something like that. Like, a, you know, just, I know a recent trip to uh, Rome last year, you know, it was like, Let's go for every virtual. Let's go for every adventure lab that takes you on tours through through these cool downtown Rome neighborhoods. And I I saw so much more th that trip than I did the first time I was there when yeah. I wasn't really geocaching heavily. And so that was that was just kind of cool just to um, see the city from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you find it, Do you find it hard to pass up the little caches while you're on it on a trip? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <your way> <laughs> so, sometimes you know. Um, I, I would say yes and no. Um, there, there are definitely days where I am get them all, try to get the numbers, try to get the county, try to get the every everything you need. Um, and then there are other days where it's like, nope, I want to get the the one that's on top of that mountain. I want to get the one that's like the old cache or the the special one. Um, I recently uh, weekend trip. Um, I I knew I was I had done all the work. <laughs> leading up to get my triple and quad jasmine finished on the same day uh -huh. i just needed may 2000 and i needed two of them so um where's a good place to do that but kansas and mingo. uh I was, <laughs> mingo. I was i i yeah mingo and airy carry or a rickery yeah. i just learned that it's a rickery and not Harry carry even though i, I'm calling it I think i think it's harry carry <laughs> yes yes <laughs> anyway it's whatever you want to call it it's yeah. a beautiful place <laughs> um yeah, so I, I basically, I talked some friends into going to Colorado with me for a friend weekend. And then I was like, but I'm just going to go take a drive to Kansas for an entire day. So <laughs> just a little detour. <laughs> just a little detour. And yeah, like eight hours of driving later, I I had those two old caches. I, I, I finished my one major goal for this year. And, you know, like you get near Mingo and there's all these high favorite points gadget caches and mm. it's just like it was hard to pass those up yeah. you know because i was just like i have to get back to you know uh mm. dinner plans with friends in, in denver i had to get back um and so it's that's one of those things when i look at the map there and see all those high favorite point mm. caches that aren't smileys for me i'm like oh, darn yeah and, and, and all of those those gadget caches and high favorite point caches those were all yeah. published mainly because of uh mingo's birthday i think it was a 20 year birthday yeah and yeah. Uh, so yeah so with so all the celebrations the they just yeah they uh, placed <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of caches yeah. for that mega and now now what used to be <laughs> one lone old cache way <laughs> in the middle of nowhere is this huge cloud of yeah. caches of high favorites oh, yeah and, yeah, no. yeah. And I did suffer a couple of them, um, but I, you know, just looking at the clock, I was like, yeah, those are ones I'm going to have to pass up. But in the meantime, on that same trip, I did get a lot of new counties. So mm. I was, every time I was across another county line, I was like, cool, I'll get this one, I'll get this one. And then um, when it was becoming crunch time and also pouring rain, I finally decided the last few counties I would just leave for another trip. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then you've yeah. got to go and look at the map and see a couple holes on there for the longest time. Yeah. Well, and it, 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 it does pain me to say that I, I missed, it was, would have been an hour detour to go to Kansas's highest point <laughs> that oh. I like highest points also. What's the highest point in Kansas was, like? It's not a really a mountain, is it? It's like, it's, it's got to be a big I hill. I think it's not even a hill. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's called Sunflower Hill or something like that. The actual location, <laughs> and it's it is you know like a 
a tourist stop to go mm. to um, the highest point. And uh, but yeah, I yeah, I don't know that it's much of a mountain <laughs> to yeah. climb. So I think you can <laughs> drive right up to it and you know maybe walk up a foot yeah. in elevation to get to it. So. <laughs> It is time for the Patron Adventurer of the Month. Cash the Line is supported by a band of excellent adventurers through Patreon who graciously pitch in and help the channel and podcast. This is all possible because of their support and for this content to be published freely for you. And for this show, our Patron Adventurer of the Month is Redheaded Fury. RHF has been a faithful patron for almost three years, but even better, she's one R of our illustrious geocaching gang, Team Fart with two R's. <laughs> the group has made an appearance in a couple of geocaching videos on Cache the Line. She's an enthusiastic camper, a girl guide leader extraordinaire, experienced geocaching traveler and adventurer, and an amazing friend. Thanks so much to Redheaded Fury. I'm so grateful for your ongoing support of Cache the Line. And you too can help support Cache the Line and unlock bonus content and collectibles like path tags and participation in the upcoming Project EGA. Just visit patreon.com slash cache the line patreon.com slash cash the line. Thanks so much for your support. I got this news article uh, that was posted to one of the pages I follow that highlights um, really neat locations and new mysterious things and whatnot. And it's an art installation. It's in Poland and Lithuania. It's a new type of maybe a webcam experience meant to inspire a new idea of unity. It is a couple of, uh, I guess you could say, Stargate scale portals that uh, that are placed one in each city these are about 600 kilometers apart from each other um, and they each have a camera that points out so that it can take a video as if looking through the portal in the town that it's in and that feed is sent to the other portal so if you're in uh the one is in Lublin Lublin in Poland and you're standing there looking at the portal it's as if you're looking through the portal to Vilnius in Lithuania and you're seeing you could see somebody standing in Lithuania facing their portal and they're looking at you and you're looking at each other because you've both got the video feeds on either side it's a really cool idea and it's it's like another webcam and uh, this is 600 kilometers apart uh, these <laughs> these portals weigh 11 tons each they cost 111,000 euros which is about 160,000 dollars Canadian that's insane. So as you do, I took a look at the map around these locations. I found the GPS coordinates of both of the portals and looking at the geocaching map, neither of them have a geocache near them. <laughs> well, there's geocaches near them, but none of them are related to the portals. And so I was thinking, you know what, these could make some pretty interesting virtual caches. Now, you can't post a webcam because those aren't possible anymore. They're grandfathered in and no new ones are being created. But they could be host to a new virtual or two. Now, because virtual caches, you could make use of a webcam uh, because the task in order to log the virtual would be to take a screenshot or a picture of the webcam feed of the location that you're at. So 
what I was thinking is, what if you, what if somebody made a virtual cache where you were supposed to take a photo of you from the other end of the portal to log it as found? That could be interesting. Now, that could bring you back to the old style of really needing another person's help in order to log a webcam cache. You'd need teamwork in order to log, I guess, perhaps both of the virtuals. If one is posted on either end and you get somebody else to help you by taking a picture of the portal at that side with you in the scene and vice versa, wouldn't that be neat? I have not asked any reviewers if that would be possible, but I think that would be something that could be taken to a reviewer and find out if it's possible to do. Someone, please try to make this a virtual geocache. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's probably not going to be allowed, but it's worth a shot. Alas, in other sad news, I was presented with a contest for a 360-degree photo, and uh, so I went and dug out a photo that I took with Cody Cash at the Tunnel of Fun west of Portland when I was out there last year. Out of curiosity, I went back to the listing to check it out, and I learned that it had been archived. It's GC1EWZ9, and it looks like someone must have reported it to a reviewer that there's a no trespassing sign there because there's no mention of it in recent logs, just the reviewer log saying that uh, they would like the cash owner to check on it and verify it. But unfortunately, the cash owner hadn't looked at it in quite some time. And so sadly, the reviewer had to make the call to archive it because the cash owner is not responsive. That was an awesome cash. And I have a video for it and that should be coming out soon. The Supernauts also went and visited that cache, and you can find their video on YouTube. That's a regretful turn of events. And it's funny because that cache itself is kind of portal-ish. <laughs> it was an awesome one to visit, uh, a nice high terrain, and it was pretty cool to do with a 360 camera. So that's a video to look forward to. That's going to be a fun one to edit as well. Another cache has bit the dust. So I guess you are kind of, you are more of a, a stats and numbers kind of person, not like, not, not focusing on the numbers so much, but trying to find, like, I guess the more that you're traveling, you're trying to find more of the caches that stand out, right? Yeah. Like the, um, the experiences, the rare ones, the high favorites, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. I, one of the things, you know, when I went to Kansas to get um, those two old caches, people were like, wait, don't you have Mingo already? And I was like, no, no. And I'm not going to go find it. A you work at HQ and you don't have Mingo? What? I know. <laughs> well, like, how have you not gotten Mingo? And I was like, I know, you know, and I, I'd, I'd already had a Kansas cache, but it was on the other side of the state. Um, and the one time that I went to GeoCoinFest in Denver, I wasn't, I was, I wouldn't say I was too new to the game, but I wasn't, I wasn't focusing in on the oldies then. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think of that as a thing. And that was just something that I don't know why I didn't think of it as a thing. You know, I obviously knew about the original stash in Oregon and, mm -hmm. you know, like some other old caches I knew about Camel's Prairie in Idaho, um, things like that. But I just, I, for whatever reason, it just hadn't like clicked to me that go for the old caches. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, here I was three hours away from it and mm -hmm. I, and I just avoided it then. And, and so I had to plan the special trip just to go get it, which was totally worth it. And um, yeah, so it's, 
it it's one of those things that I feel like I keep as I finish one goal, you know, then I, okay, what's next? And yeah. so then that, you know, unlocks the next thing of, oh, hey, I'm, I'm starting to think maybe I want to try to get to X number of counties for next year as a goal. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, just, I didn't really care about counties before. And when I finally looked on Project GC to see how many counties I had, I was like, this is a ridiculously low number for as much as I travel and <laughs> and cash when I travel. Like, that's a really low number well, because I, I wasn't just paying attention, you know, each yeah. time I'd go and see a county sign. Yeah. And it's kind so of true, though. I mean, yeah, getting counties, if you're trying to uh, to get as many counties as possible, that requires a lot of land travel. But if you're just traveling yeah. from place to place, you're just kind of stopping right. in one spot. You just fly into the city, you get yeah. that one county that that city's in or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I'm trying to be a little bit more like, okay, if I'm going to go to this place, what, you know, now I start researching what's the oldest cache nearby, what's, mm -hmm. you know, can I, what are the counties I don't have near there, or is it, you know, for traveling out of the country, where can I get a new country souvenir, you know, because mm -hmm. that's, that's something I like to collect too. And, mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like the oldest, um, I've got several oldest caches around Europe and several around the U S. Um, and, but I'm just like, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting all, all of them <laughs> at some point. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah it's kind of like the more, the more you go geocaching and, uh, and take a look at your statistics and your profile, it's kind of like your, your horizons slowly get broader and broader yeah. and you see all the, the variety of experiences that are out there. And yeah. you know, it, it doesn't always attract everybody and some people are more travelers than others, but there's something yeah. I think a little, a little thrilling about, you know, going somewhere that you haven't been before. That's right. rare. You know, it's, it's yeah. a once in a lifetime type of trip and you, you just have to get a cash there, but it's gotta yeah. be a good one. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's so true about the game. Like there's, there's really something for everyone, you know, like you can, you can take what you like out of it, whether it's, I'm, I'm, I have a friend who his cash map might be more countries than mine, but he's not really a cacher, you know, mm -hmm. like, but he's, he, he, he knows that when he goes to a new country, Oh, I, I want to fill that in on my map, you know? Mm -hmm. So let me see what geocaches are nearby and I'll often get a text message from him. Look, I got a cache here, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, your find count is like less than a hundred, but your country count is, <laughs> you know, half well, of that. And like, that's awesome. But yeah. And some of the, uh, the the highest, most popular caches are owned by people with fewer than a hundred. Like there's the ISS oh, yeah. cache; yeah. it's been found. Sure. What you can count it on your fingers, and yep. uh, and those astronauts have like one or two finds. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right? No, for sure. Um, and uh, you know, and you look at a lot of the old caches, like the oldest in each state, and sometimes those are not you know people that are still active or whatever mm -hmm. uh, either, or they place that one just because they heard about the game and said, Oh yeah, let me try this. And then didn't really care that much after that <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep going. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's just fun like to have the different things and, and I, and I do, you know, my behavior or my interests in geocaching changes monthly, I would say almost like sometimes I'm like, want all the numbers I need to schedule going to a power trail with some friends or I want, you know, I'm not going to cash that much this month that just not because I don't want to just like, Hey, you know, I, I need to. <laughs> my, my, my hobbies kind of come and go and, yeah. you know, but it's always there. It's always a good friend. You can, you can rely yeah. on when, when, um, uh, when you do that. And sometimes if it's been like a month since I've found a cash, I'll 
go caching and I'll be like, oh yeah, I do really love this game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, so. and if it's been that long since you've gone caching, then the board game locally is refreshed a little bit. There's I a know, few more exactly. caches to find. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, that was definitely hard during the one time I did a streak. <laughs> I started the streak in Seattle too late. Um, you know, I'd already found out or found most of the caches and in my area so um just having to drive most days just to be able to keep that streak alive so mm -hmm. how much but, do you want to invest in the numbers that's <laughs> that's the question yeah, especially these I, days with I gas wanted, prices i wanted that thing checked off my list of things to do <laughs> I've completed a year caching every yeah. day you know and so it's like cool and that's that's part of the obsession and the fun is setting that new goal for yourself and mm -hmm. and following through with it so yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, well, I'm hoping to uh, hit 20,000 caches this year. So I'm hey. a little over 100 and some change away from that. So I'm um, going to be working on that. But I, I want to use the location list um, for that. Oh, <laughs> for okay. That you're you're saving that mark. for a good milestone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's been my other thing is like, cool. And then I also need to pick the right location, <laughs> you know, to, to honor with that because, mm. um, you know, I want to be true to the to what the cache the cache is themed on and um so yeah I'm, I, I have to keep my numbers just right yeah because the them. the original intent of locationless cache the the locationless cache type was to find a location that hadn't been found yet that's related to the theme and then be able to log right. it um, yep. I, don't, I don't think you have to do that with these new ones right now so this one uh is focused on um you know a favorite location that you mm -hmm. found because of geocaching yeah. so <laughs> I'm half tempted to use Geocaching HQ. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, How many other people have used that for their locationless log? <laughs> yeah, probably a few. Um, yeah, but I, you know, again, I still pinch myself that I get to work there, so that mm. would be one of the best places I've found because of the game. So um, hard, hard to, hard to argue that one. <laughs> That'd be so. funny if they actually put a dead zone there, so nobody put right. could put coordinates yeah. around <laughs> HQ. <laughs> Yeah, you have to think outside the box, people. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. So switching gears just a little bit, mm -hmm. do you, can you think of any memorable incidents that you've come across while you've been on your travels? Hmm. Broken bones, discoveries that stand yeah. out? Yeah, um, there was one time I was on the way to the Oregon coast, and I think I was still on the Washington side of the border, and I don't ever do multi-caches like I, I it's my, my least favorite cache type um <laughs> that not that there aren't some incredible multis i my the multi i own is one of my highest favorite point caches mm -hmm, <laughs> that mm -hmm. i own and so that's cool but i respect them but i don't love to do them but i will if it looks like it's a you know two-stager and fairly easy to figure out um i'll go for them and so i was i was doing one and i think the I want to say the original location or the um, cache coordinates location was at a, kind of a little nature reserve area. And so it was just to answer some questions about the things you see on the sign about the animals that are frequent the area. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. I got it. So I, uh, I finished it or got the final coordinates, drive to the final coordinates. And it's just down this random road that no cars are going on. Um, you can tell that maybe there's days there's no cars on that road. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. It's not too far down that road. And I'm, you know, I can still see the main highway, whatever. Um, so not, not too creepy of a place or whatever. So I thought, 
and I start looking for the cash and I see this uh, black plastic bag. And just as a cashier, you know, sometimes people have placed the container inside a plastic bag so that it's, you know, protected from the elements. Like very rarely, it's not something I recommend to do. Um, but <laughs> but it was just like, oh, I wonder if it's that. And then I, I think I noticed that there's some bones were sticking out of the bag. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, um, that's kind of weird. Okay, and yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I suspect it was probably someone who went hunting and maybe they, I don't know if they legally or illegally got the animal that they had and just decided to dump the bones down, you know, on the side of this road that they thought no one ever went to, but it was pretty much like 10 feet from ground zero of the cache. <laughs> and so I, um, I was like, you know what, I should probably just call this in, you know, just, you know, the off there, the non-emergency line just to say, Hey, um, this is, I found this bag of bones. I don't, it doesn't look human, but I just, I don't know, you know, it's a little curious that there's a bag of bones yeah. here and, you know, I don't know if it needs to be checked out, but I just yeah. thought I'd report it anyway. And so did that. Um, that was one thing I, I don't know whatever came of that, you know, cause it wasn't like a, yeah. you need to, you yeah. need to fill me in on what happened or anything. So that was one. Um, there was another one, I think it was in New York city. No, I know it was in New York city. I think I was working on the, the bridges and tunnels, um, multi. Yeah. In again, uh, Central don't, Park. Really, don't really like multis, but my two stories are about multis. <laughs> um, I don't know if it was the time that I was working on it or if I was helping another friend get, um, you know, finish it. Um, but anyway, there was a, a, a person who found a kid and, you know, the kid didn't, the parents weren't around and, you know, so he thinks like, Oh, Hey, I need to help this kid find their parents or whatever. And, um, you could see he was a little bit in distress and I was like, can I help or whatever? And it's like, I think this kid's lost and, but I'm not sure. And they don't <laughs> seem to know where their parent is and whatever. And, um, and, and he, so he was calling the, the police to, to report that there's a kid missing. And, um, while he was on the phone, I pulled up the geocaching app and got the waypoints for where we were specifically so that he could tell the cops, like, this is where I found the kid and blah, 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 blah. I don't know what ever came of that story yeah. either, but I was like, geocaching hope, saves the day. I hope geocaching <laughs> helped save this kid, got him back to <laughs> his parents or guardians or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, there's, I, I haven't had too many weird experiences, but um, those were a couple that stood out to me. That was like, oh, hey, you know, <laughs> um, Definitely, I've I've used the the waypoints from the geocaching app, you know, just to to help. You know, I've broken down car yeah, in, yeah. in another country and needed to to let the tr tow truck know where to go to get me. And I didn't know what road I was on. I didn't know any of those things. And I'm like, well, here's the GPS coordinates, which I got from the geocaching app. So that yeah. was kind of cool. <laughs> they probably know who is a geocacher based on how they respond to right. that question. Do you know where you yeah. are? Uh, I'm at GC 549AB. <laughs> like, what? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyway, it's kind of nice to have that knowledge as a, you know, as a geocacher of how to get you know, precise coordinates of where you are in case mm -hmm. you are in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is, is there a favorite aspect to geocaching that you have or a favorite type um, of cache that's not a multi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I would, I would say the, I mean, 
I'll often just say that Earth caches take me to the mm. coolest locations. You know, um, obviously Iceland, going around there. Um, oh yes. You know, it's just like all you have to do in Iceland is go to the Earth caches, and you're going to find all the cool spots. Um, yeah. You know, whether I find the cache or not, that's that's a different story. Um, I I just feel like if I already got the the personal smiley on my face, I don't. <laughs> you know, if I get the the geocaching smiley that's just a bonus so mm -hmm. um and that's that's how i definitely um plan a lot of my travel is mm -hmm. by looking at earth caches virtual caches and because most of those people have uploaded a lot of pictures for them mm -hmm. um and they tend to be the more high favorite point caches i would say you know the other thing that i never expected when i started the game or you know my first years playing it was the community side of it i mm -hmm. i didn't know that you know i I learned from my dad back when you weren't supposed to tell people what you're doing, that it's, you know, it's a secret game. We don't, we don't talk about geocaching, whatever, you know? And so, um, you know, it just, you, you pass a cacher, you, you, you might give a look to someone, you know, is out caching, but yeah. like, otherwise you don't want people to know what you're doing. And, yeah. um, you know, that's the not secret the society that knowing glance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and now to me, it's like, I want to tell people who are walking by what I'm doing because it's like, come, come into the fun, like mm -hmm. enjoy this thing that I'm enjoying. And, um, I would, but I would say the community side of it, like going to those mega events and going to events around the world, hosting events when I travel, like, um, just meeting people and, you know, some of my best friends today are just through the game and I, you know, I, I wouldn't give that up for anything in the world. So mm -hmm. um, that's just a special side of it. And it's such a welcoming community. Um, you know, like everyone loves to talk about geocaching and, you know, it's uh, there's a there's a wide spectrum of people who play the game. Some are very social, some are not. Yeah. And there's a little something for everyone. You can you can just if you, you want to stand in the shadows at an event, you can mm -hmm. um, or find that one person that's your geocaching buddy. Um, or if you want to say, Hey, great, I'd, I'd love to host an event and have 500 plus friends here, you know, you can do that. And yeah. that's, that's super cool. So, yeah, I know around here, we're trying to figure out how to get more community, uh, involved and knowledgeable mm -hmm. of the fact that there are events that you can attend because right. I mean, yeah, right. you go, you go caching in your local area and you're always seeing these names of people you've never yeah. met them before. And yeah. you rarely ever see their names. There's just lots of people who are finding these caches, right. but you never see them at events either. Yeah. And yep. uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can publish events, but if they don't have notifications or if they're a basic <laughs> member, they may not know right. about the events. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of also rely on things like social media. So mm -hmm. Facebook or, or Twitter or X or whatever, there's there's right. groups or TikTok, there's uh, topics. And usually your local area will have a social group that people right. can join. And so, yeah. yeah, we try to make it so that, you know, if it's, it's easy if somebody is curious and they search out geocaching, then the platform might prompt them to join uh, mm -hmm. a, a group that is local to you or some one of your other friends has joined this local group that you might be interested in or something yeah. like that. But just, yeah, yeah we got to encourage more people to come out to events because the yeah. community is huge. There's so many people. It's, Why aren't they yeah. coming out to events? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think sometimes um, people just, you know, when I started, I didn't know events were a thing. And granted, mm -hmm. they were very limited back when I started. So, um, you know, but I, I think sometimes it, it takes people a little bit of time. I've, I've certainly seen people saying they, 
they don't know if they would feel comfortable going to an event. And, yeah. and I think that was a recent blog post or something that HQ put out of like, here's, you know, here's what to do. Here's your guide for um, attending events. And you could see some people's comments were just like, yeah, it's not easy for me to go do things like that. And I'm afraid people won't want to talk to me. And it's like, yeah, if you go, you'll, you'll realize, you know, fairly quickly, you'll, you'll find people to talk to. Um, yeah, I, it's it's a side of the game that I just I never imagined, and um, it's just like fulfilled my life so much more. Um, and so I obviously would encourage anyone to go go to an event. Um, you know, go on those local Facebook groups, and if someone's saying, "Hey, I want a caching buddy," like you know, you can probably trust them. You can probably like you know, I've I've certainly gotten in the car of complete stranger, like I said in Australia. <laughs> um <laughs> to go four by fouring <laughs> and uh gotten in a car with someone who i couldn't communicate with because they only yep. spoke french and i mm -hmm. couldn't speak, you know french and um drove in the woods in france you know to go do a cluttersteig <laughs> um cash and it was just like this is what i'm doing today and i know i'm okay because this is a really nice yeah. and welcoming community and you know they're going after the same things you're going after yeah. so um just, they want to have the fun and and get the smiley on their profile so yeah. you can almost yeah. tell just by the look on their face and how they're talking about yeah. the hobby when you're around whether right. they're a you real geocacher and, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep yeah so, and that's yeah that's the thing I have, I have friends that are like i said every end of the spectrum there's mm -hmm. um you know the the hardcore cacher that has over a hundred thousand finds and mm -hmm. you know the the cacher that's maybe found 10 but still loves the game <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah. it's like that that like we said before it's that shared wink that little glance with another geocacher while you're out on the mm -hmm. trail it's like yep. what yep. are you up to you have a, geo, a gps what? in your hand are you geocaching yep. yeah <laughs> Let's head over to this month's Cashly Corner. You know, sometimes I'm on my phone or pad and uh, I'm not near a desktop and I come across this location that I would love to visit at some point in the future, but I don't know if there's any caches nearby. A really quick and easy way to help create this bucket list of caches to visit is to grab the GPS coordinates from that location, usually from using Google Maps to find it and then uh, copy out the GPS. And then you can paste that into Cashly's search area, which is located at the top of the map view. So if you paste the GPS coordinates there, it'll take you right to that location. And then if you turn off all of your filters, so tap the little filter icon, disable all filters, it'll just do a search of everything that's in the vicinity of that pinpoint. And I find that to be just such a convenient way of quickly creating a bucket list of caches to find. So thanks to Cashly for sponsoring the episode. It's my go-to geocaching app, and I would say the best on iOS by far. It's unsurpassed by any other geocaching app in features and quality, and the app alone is worth a few bucks for its features. I highly recommend this app, whether you're a veteran geocacher or just starting out in the hobby. Find it in the App Store or by visiting www.cashly.com, C-A-C-H-L-Y.com. All right, got a couple of really fun little stories to share from the geocaching community. For Spooktober, we have a fun little story posted by Linda Vaughn this month about how she got into geocaching, a muggle turned cacher. She says, I posted a while back about finding a jar at a grave but was scared to open it. Someone said it was probably a geocache. 
So this year I opened it and yes, I am hooked now. <laughs> we replaced it as we found it. And then she shared a few photos of the find. I wonder how many geocachers turned to this obsession after random discovery of a geocache. And how many were scared of it before turning to it? Well, at least her curiosity got the better of her in this instance, rather than fear leading to calling the bomb squad at another destroyed geocache container. Have you got a story or adventure to share? Email tgif at cachetheline.net. And next up, we have a story from BJ McFeet, who shared a tidbit of trivia, a nugget of knowledge, a fun fact about the first actual first to find. <laughs> Way back in 2000 with, you guessed it, the very first geocache, or GPS stash at the time, placed by David Ulmer. And he wrote, The first person to ever find a geocache was my father, Don McFetters. He and Dave were friends. My father admired Dave's genius and fun. They went on many adventures together, even when Dave moved from Oregon into the Southwest Desert. For years, he and my mom went south in the winter just so Dave and Dad could explore by motorcycle. The way I remember the story, Dave called my dad to come over, and when he arrived, Dave thrust a GPS device and a piece of paper with a latitude and longitude into his hand and said, Find this. So Dad took off driving through the countryside until he found it. Back in those days, Dad called computers time wasters, so there wasn't any record of his find. Dad and Mom still live in Boring, Oregon, and he loves to visit with people. He walks almost every day, but his memory is slipping away and doesn't remember much anymore. How about that? <laughs> we got a story of a muggle being scared into geocaching with a random find, and here we find a muggle friend forced into finding a geocache who's probably not ever found one since. <laughs> Have you got a story or adventure to share? Email tgif at cashtheline.net. I was going to ask you if you have any tips to leave us with, but <laughs> you just also just talked about get out to some events as well. Do you have know, any, any yeah, other tips to, to leave for people? Yeah, um, I I think I wrote about this fairly recently, but just like uh, for cash outings, like, uh, yeah, group up with some friends, you know, if, if you've already got the caching friends, you know, just say, hey, great, cool. When are we going out? What are we going to do? Like, um, and it's it can be nice with the groups because you know, one person might be the planner and hey, I've got the cash list here. Here you go. Here's the link to the cash list. And all right, cool. Another person's like, cool, I've got the snacks. I've got, you know, whatever. Um, that's that's always just kind of fun. And um, what else? Yeah. Always remember a pen I, you know. <laughs> or be creative. I've, I've certainly used like a blade of grass or dirt. <laughs> Ever signed the log in <laughs> <Yeah>. blood. <laughs> I haven't done that yet, but I, I could see, you know, if it, if it's a cool cache that I really like, I'm, you know, I did the work for it. I, I earned it. I found it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I, I sign it. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you know, picking goals for yourself, you know, for the year it, um, and, you know, attainable goals. Like it doesn't have to be something extreme. I, I tend to have like a variety of goals. So, one might be like a more extreme one that is going to require certain stuff to make it happen. Or, um, you know, another one might just be like, Hey, I want to get my event count to a round number this year or something like that. Um, I'd say the, the other thing that I do, um, just 
combining of hobbies, you know, like mm-hmm. it's if, if you like kayaking, if you like hiking, if you like, you know, if you like uh, rock climbing, you know, mm-hmm. use the tools on the website to find those caches. Yeah. Um, so find the find the little island in, in the middle of the lake that has a cache on it. Um, because it's, you know, like I s- started with the story of Idaho, mm-hmm. of where I hiked up, went kayaking, went fishing, found a cache, hiked back down, like, it was just like kind of an amazing day. Mm-hmm. And um, so to be able to combine multiple hobbies together um, is also a, also a good thing to keep yeah. keep the joy of the game alive. So. Yeah. It's like geocaching uh, has the flexibility to almost enhance any hobby, almost any. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> it's, it, it's all location-based. So like, yeah, we, we talk yep. about geocaching as a tour guide. If you're ever mm-hmm. traveling anywhere and you're curious about places to go, you just do a search in a local area and you can find places that uh, the owner is most likely going to be local, knows the area, yep. provides information yep. about it, and you have the history of people who have visited that cache, whether whether it's phys- physical or virtual or whatever. You have yep. first-hand experience. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going to, should generally, <laughs> going to be active and in good condition. And so you're right. up for a, a great experience if it's something that you yep. want to see. So, uh, yeah, geocaching is a tour guide for pretty much any hobby that will take you places. Yeah. And that would, that actually reminds me of another tip I'd say is, um, you know, don't be afraid to message the cash owner if mm-hmm. you're going to like someplace that's far away um, to get the extra tips. Um, there was uh, one time I was going to Liechtenstein and it was going to be my first time going to the country. And of course, when I looked at the map back then, it was like, I don't know, 50 caches total in the country. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can get all 50 in two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so couldn't get, get that. But uh, one of the caches that uh, I wanted to find was like a, a T4. Um, and I didn't fully know why. And so I reached out and, and on the cache page, the owner specifically said, hey, I live nearby here. So if you need some tips or if I'm free, I'll even go with you. And so I messaged the owner, um, you know, asking for some tips and and turns out he was free the day that I was going to go there. And so he ended up going with me and like um i was very glad he did because it was kind of a legit (laughs) t4 um it i was definitely thinking like i could roll down this mountain and and die today (laughs) and um you know it was a very steep uh free climb and i i wasn't super prepared for that mentally but knowing Mm -hmm. that i wasn't alone definitely made it so that it was something that i could do and it just was another one of those great experiences and mm-hmm. I went with a random stranger <laughs> up to <laughs> free climb on the side of a mountain and um, maybe not the best, <laughs> best judgment, you know, it's the don't tell my mom until after it's done type of story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just knew, you know, like knowing from my experiences in the game and that messaging this guy, I felt totally comfortable with that. And I was happy that I went with him to go to the cache and it was like, yeah. cool, that was a really fun, fun experience. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to message the locals and ask them for tips or, uh, you know, I often, I, I mentioned earlier, I'll host events, places that I travel. And I do that specifically not to be representing the company. It's for me to get to know the local cashers and to have a fun, different experience. And, you know, I remember hosted one in Ireland the first time I went there and I am still friends with some of those people today. And, you know, like I, anytime I go back there, I host an event just so I can see those people again and, you know, climbed a mountain in Ireland with, (laughs) with some of them. And 
you know, it's just kind of, you know, it all started because I decided to host that event when I went there. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of owners that uh, that own a geocache that's really popular are more willing to want to meet people from out of town yeah. and out of country if they're travelers. Yeah. Yeah. Like roadsides, I think most cache owners would be like, oh, it's just, it's there, you can go find it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you've got like a cache that's got a thousand favorite points or it's a huge hike or something you've, mm-hmm. that they visited a couple times a year or something, they will most yeah. likely want to come out and, and help you find yeah. it or be there with you or give you tips, yeah. that sort of thing. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and that's the, sometimes I wish I had more time, you know, and uh, I, a friend saw that I found Mingo and I'm like, oh, hey, I could have met you and celebrated with you. And I was like, I, <laughs> I know, I just, I wish I had more time, but I had mm. to, I didn't know what time I would be there and I have to get back home. And, yeah. you know, um, hindsight's twenty twenty. like I, I should have just planned more time. And yeah, because I yeah. knew I could have had a fun experience with a friend there, but yeah. Um, there's always more to find and you, there's never there enough is. time to find them. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> you can't quite cash them all. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Annie Love, for joining mm-hmm. us. Uh, it's yeah. great to hear from, from you, from the back end of HQ a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and all that you do in your work. So, and thank you for all that you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, I can send a big thank you to you also for what you do and, and the whole community. I mean, it's this game doesn't happen without the community and mm-hmm. people have to place caches for me to be able to go out there and find caches and same with events, you know, so I, I'm always so appreciative of everyone who plays the game and adds to the game. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like ge- geocaching is a living entity. It's a living service that you know you're you're not just you're not a just a worker. You're <laughs> yep, not just a worker. Yep. You're also a customer. <laughs> yeah, no, I I've, I've said that many times in life that I I I might work for the company, but I'm also one of our community members, and you know, so that's mm-hmm. that's often what guides me in work of what would I want as a player, you know, and mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would say the same for, for fellow lackeys, you know, um, many of us are avid geocachers and, yeah. and so, yeah, we, we work the same with the same mindset. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining and anyway. I hope you have a yeah, great week and me. happy caching. The Lone Wolf Legacy Contest has completed. Since last year, I had a contest running for anyone who finds all the hidden words in a video series I published, sharing the adventure to a very, very remote virtual geocache in northwest Ontario called Jimmy's Castle. This Lone Wolf Legacy video series was a cache tour of that trip, highlighting many memorable geocache stops with a destination at a heritage homestead constructed by one solo man, one lone wolf. An extreme, excellent geocaching adventure for sure, but those who complete this contest are on the list to receive a special exclusive prize, the Lone Wolf Core, a path tag and bonus in the Cash Line Cypher Coin series, which can lead to even more future bonuses. There's an extremely limited run of 50, so the first 50 to complete the puzzle are contacted to claim the prize. Anyone who completes the contest past those 50 are still in line to receive one if any earlier winners fail to respond and complete the claim. So, if you haven't yet, you can still be on the list if you complete the task by visiting the Lone Wolf Legacy video playlist on YouTube that you can find at cashtheline.net slash lonewolf. Watch for 11 special words that are highlighted by a smiley face in all but one of the videos. 
Once you've got them all, string them together and visit cashtheline.net slash and then append that string of words with no spaces or punctuation and follow the instructions there. You can also find the instructions listed in the show notes and on the Lone Wolf video playlist. Coming soon, listen and watch for the revelation of a new game that I've been developing for a few years as codename Project EGA, which will be tying into these coins and this particular bonus prize. I'm excited for the day you'll finally be able to see it in full. Patrons are already in the loop and periodically gain exclusive sneak peeks of the game in development. Expanded playtesting is also coming soon, so don't forget to follow Cash the Line on social media and watch for announcements and teasers. It is time for another one of George's artificial geocaching adventures. Hey, uh, George, I hear you've got a bit of a background in covert ops. Could you tell us what it might be like if uh, 007 stumbled upon a geocache? Well, the morning sun cast a warm glow over the charming streets of Nice, France, as I... Bond, George Bond, made my way through the picturesque city on a mission for Her Majesty's Secret Service. My instructions were precise. Rendezvous with a fellow agent at a discreet location after obtaining information of critical importance at a drop point and ensure its safe return to MI6. The drop coordinates led me to a serene public garden adorned with elegant sculptures and fragrant flowers. As I approached the designated spot, I noticed an individual engrossed in an unusual activity. He was searching the area with a methodical air, his glances flicking between his surroundings and the handheld device. Intrigued by the man's actions, I decided to keep a watchful eye on him while remaining discreet. I had no knowledge of his purpose or the nature of his activity, but I observed until he took his leave. My quest eventually led me to a container hidden behind an artful stone sculpture. As I unlocked the container's combination lock and revealed its contents, I was greeted by a unique assortment of items, and hidden within them, a package that appeared to hold the confidential document I had been tasked to obtain. My silent acquisition of the package was conducted with utmost caution. I was aware that I had to remain inconspicuous and ensure no one became aware of my presence. With the valuable data now secured, I made my way back from the park, the container safely tucked away. However, as I approached the designated rendezvous point to meet with my fellow agent, I received a puzzling message. It turned out I'd misunderstood the mission parameters. I was supposed to leave the package in the container where it was found, not take it with me. The document was an essential part of the container, a geocache often found by regular citizens. Realizing my error, I retraced my steps back to the public garden. The individual had already moved on, and with great care I snapped photos of the pages of the document, then placed the package back inside the geocache and resealed it, leaving it precisely where I'd found it. The mission was not without its complications, but it was a reminder that in the world of espionage, precision was paramount, even in the most unexpected of circumstances. With the geocache now properly returned, placed as though I had never visited, 
I departed from the picturesque park, ready to report the mission's completion and prepare for the next assignment in the ever-unpredictable world of espionage. As I left to rendezvous with the agent, I couldn't help but marvel at the curious turn of events. I'd stumbled into a situation where secrecy and subterfuge intertwined with ordinary everyday activities. The world of espionage was replete with enigmatic encounters, and this was one of them. Who was that man? Maybe I should begin geocaching myself, and I just might find out. Well, that is all for this show. If you have any adventures you'd like shared on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Any comments, funny stories, milestones, accomplishments, rants, or adventures to share, please email tgif at cashtheline.net or phone one in by calling to leave a message at cashtheline.net slash POI. Links and references mentioned in the episode can be found in the show notes linked in the description. Thanks for listening, and please remember to give this show a thumbs up or a positive review. If you'd like to join the Band of Excellent Adventures who help support Cash the Line, please find us on Patreon or by visiting cashtheline.net slash Patreon. Support for as little as a cup of coffee per month or with a discount by the year and get bonus swag and access to exclusive content. See you next month with more exploration into the wide world of excellent geocaching adventures. Please subscribe, follow, share with your friends, and comment wherever you're able. And as always, happy caching and excellent adventuring.